Welcome back to Squawking Dead. Did you miss us? Well, did you? I did. (laughs) (laughs) This is our second podcast of the week, because technically it's still Saturday. Uh, I don't know when this is going to go up. But it's within within the same time span. Yeah. We are driving ourselves crazy, running ourselves ragged, trying to get you this content. And today we're going to be covering... Fear the Walking Dead, season four, episode one, the season premiere. And I got to tell you, right off the bat, no crazy intro. No. We're, we're, we're going off the cuff. This will shave us a little little time off this, this season premiere. Yeah, we're going to get right to it, right to the meat of it. Yeah, yeah. But what's really interesting about this episode is that I'm very concerned that... We're going to say a lot about this episode because they put all their money on this episode. Yeah. Because in following some of the Fear the Walking Dead cast members and crew, you find out a lot about what went into that that one single season premiere episode. And obviously, you've got cast from The Walking Dead. Yeah. Yep. In terms of continuity. You've got these combined crews. You've got these cinematographers cranking it up to 100. They basically put a lot of storyboarding, a lot of dialogue, a lot of thoughtfulness into this episode to try to make it the blowout fear the walking dead a series apart from the walking dead right and it certainly showed i I don't know how you feel about it but i was very impressed much more than and and again i this is i'm a fear of the walking dead watcher i've watched it since the beginning but this was definitely an episode apart it was interesting for it to go straight from walking dead to fear the walking dead because The differences were huge just in terms of the tone of the episode and, you know, the way it was shot, the the, the coloring, just everything had a sort of like... Blue um, hues, right? Yeah, it had a very different feel to the episode, which which is a very different take on it. Like, I really had to kind of switch gears, especially after coming off of the season finale of Walking Dead and going into the premiere of Fear. And it, you know, was a completely different approach whatsoever, you know, completely. So I think it was a transition piece. I I mean, even the way the title of the episode, what's your story you know (laughs) what's your deal how do we transition morgan into this whole thing because we don't see the main fear characters until the very end really so like the last minute or two yeah exactly literally but i not that that's a complaint i'm just saying it's very it's a different approach it took me a bit by surprise when we kind of do continue it from walking dead and we see morgan in the junkyard i was like oh this is this is an interesting approach we really are going (laughs) Taking right where we left off and picking it up. Actually, it seems like it's a month later, a month after they Something defeated like Negan. That. Yeah. Negan. What's a Negan? Negan. <laughs> Negan. <laughs> yeah, so. that's a good one. Yeah, it probably was something like that because it looks like things had moved on. They were like in the process of rebuilding, I get the impression at this point. They said it was enough time to grow an eggplant. I was going to say because that's <laughs> kind of what tipped me off about how much time had, flown, had gone by because he had that bathtub that he had all the plants growing. And so I was like, okay, well. Uh, yeah, there you go. That, that, that's, the, that's the tip off, right? That, that's kind of what tipped me off. Like I'm, I was like, okay, well, enough time has passed that he's been able to grow this vegetation. Yeah, and I looked it up. I I said, okay, Google, how long does it take to grow an eggplant? 16 to 24 weeks. According to Old Farmer's Almanac, harvest 16 to 24 weeks after sowing when the skin of the fruit is shiny and unwrinkled. Like Morgan's head. (laughs) Shiny and unwrinkled. (laughs) (laughs) That perfect melon. That perfect melon. Yeah, so that's, that's how I found out. 
that's how I figured it. Like from the episode, like I just, I was like, okay, enough time has passed. We've been able to grow vegetation here. So he's, he's been settling, settling into his, his new location at the junkyard. Yeah. He's in. And you know, he's, he's, he's so bored. He's, he's, he's stacking up, uh, heap items and stuff. Yes. But you know, he's, he's hanging in there. He's okay. He's okay. But not okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's it that he has said in the previous episode? Like, ah. Uh, I know I'm not right, but I'm not wrong. Right. That was a good one. Yeah. He's more all right now. He's definitely in a better headspace for sure. He's at least receptive. But you know what? Let's let's take it back to the beginning of the episode because the beginning of the episode starts off not with Morgan at all. We take a little tiny little break to get a monologue from our new Fear the Walking Dead character, Mm -hmm. John Dory. It's a very interesting character. Yeah. Give me your initial impressions because I'm very curious because you know how I feel about... uh, Garrett Dillahunt. To me, it's like I definitely got this cowboy gunslinger sort of vibe. And it was kind of interesting at first because I was like, wow, he really is sort of, I guess, been away from civilization for a little bit that he's just sort of like monologuing here, you know? Because yeah, like he doesn't even. Place. Right. Because he doesn't even know who he's really talking to at that moment. <laughs> sort of like, I hear something, I hear somebody. So I'm going to, hey, who is this? And then just kind of goes into full on dissertation mode. Yeah. So, you know? I might as well. I mean, I used to talk to myself but that's the, that's what's really interesting and i didn't write this down so mm-hmm. lucky you mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> what i didn't realize until much later is that john dory and morgan jones have both gotten used to isolation that's a good point it seems like another factor that would bring them together it is a good point they've been on their own for some time yeah so i think it's kind of fitting that these two just find whatever, find whatever they're looking for i guess together mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right not only is he out of place He's just so casual in this da- yes. in this dangerous world. Yes, he's very cavalier. Yeah, just like just talking to a guy who might mm-hmm. kill him. Fine, yeah. sure. No fear. No fear of the Walking Dead. No. Nope. Uh, nope. Not at all. He's obviously lonely, but he still doesn't really prevent him from reaching out to a walker and give right. him give him a nice squeeze. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's just he's just a very strange person for 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 this sort of uh, world. Sort exactly <laughs> these kind of circumstances. So, and that's the first thing I noticed about him. You will see guys that are just obviously crazy, mm-hmm. but this guy isn't that. And no. I, I, I guess, you know, you don't find nice guys with a sense of humor. Not even that, like just strange fellows. Mm-hmm. They, they just get eaten up right away. Yeah. Yeah. So funny. I love the little, uh, I haven't talked in a little while. <laughs> I've been trying to say these words and I like the sound of platypus. Platypus. Pasta. <laughs> potable. He's a very interesting guy. Yeah, PPP, by the way. So there's there's your link to Heath. Oh, Have God. at that. There you go. <laughs> did did He's you been think holding... about that? No, I did not. But now I'm going to come up with all sorts of theories on that. Yeah. Well, I'll, you know what? Let that spin around. We'll, we'll maybe loop back around if you if Let lightning strikes you. Let that permeate there in my head. Okay, that's fine. All right, it's going down. Heath is not on The Walking Dead. Heath, I repeat, He's is on... not on The Walking Dead. He's he will be on, on fear. fear. He is on fear. We will see him on fear. <laughs> Mobilize all command vehicles to <laughs> assault him at Austin. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, boy. So, yeah, there's no link, I guess, to uh, Judith unless she starts going west, too, now. So, separate story arcs. Separate story two. arcs. Yeah, there you have it. Yeah, and if you haven't caught episode 16 yet, we reference that at, at the end of the episode. So, just to kind of clear that. Just FYI. Yeah, alternate endings for <laughs> <laughs> episode 16, the season finale of The Walking Dead, uh, season 8. So, 
You can only hope. Yeah. So apparently, John Dory in his long ass cool monologue, name too, isn't it? John? Yeah, I, I like it too. Like, just he, again, out of place kind of person, mm-hmm. odd name, odd person. Yeah. Gunslinger, clearly. It looks like he was maybe once like a rodeo yes. gunslinger, you know, target yes. practice dude. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool if that was. Like a showman. It looks like he may have had like a more uh, outlandish cowboy outfit at one point, mm-hmm. you know, and he has his JD in the, in the grip kind of gun. So I don't think you get guns like that in the real world unless you're kind of like a showman. I would think, but you know, I, when it comes to anything gun related, I always have to give a little disclaimer. I'm like, yeah. I, know, I know nothing. Of yeah. guns. Sorry. Stamp, stamp it on your forehead. I don't stamp know. It. I don't I know don't, shit. <laughs> don't know a damn thing. So, yeah. yeah. It's just an impression that I get. Just seems. Yeah. Look, these kind of acting grandiose type people mm-hmm. who are in show business, they tend to be kind of strange in general. Wink, quirky. Wink, wink, kind of quirky. Xander Berkeley. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, which it's is not a bad thing. I'm not saying it's that's not bad. a bad thing. Yeah. No, not it's in the least. Just, you just got to notice it, and then it just yeah. right, it hits you over the head right away. And you're like, okay, okay, I get it. Quirky. So this strange person, mm-hmm. he goes into this monologue about having met a woman. Yeah, and you know, I, I wasn't always alone. It sounds to me, and maybe this will get revealed, is that he was holding out in a movie theater, mm. and he thought he was all alone, but somebody had come to his door, or like the theater door, let's just say, and one of the observations that I made throughout the episode is that when he describes this encounter with this woman, uh, whose name I think is Laura, it sounds to me like she didn't really speak. Mm. And the reason why I think that is because he, he mentions that in, in a way, in context, that it seems like he's continued to talk to himself mm-hmm. even when she was around and he kind of had to stop but he kept her safe and put a roof over her head but maybe she tried to keep to herself and then eventually mm-hmm. they let something happen and then we don't find out what happens afterwards but he he meant he does mention that it was something he doesn't like to talk about that's so sad mm, that's true yeah and then of course and it still being the beginning of the episode after speaking for like four or five minutes straight he sees what finally was rustling in the woods and it was a walker and immediately yes. does his little cowboy thing a quick draw mm-hmm. and I know, sh- that's kind of cool though it's kind of fun oh yeah little quick draw there's something kind of exciting about somebody like that in the yes. walker apocalypse yeah this is what a lot of people had complained about previously about fear in comparison to the walking dead you had these characters like literally characters samurai a sheriff a ninja like you just had these kind of over-the-top characters and these over-the-top kind of weapons that was just sort of like ah that's so cool you know and i think that a guy like John Dory, first of all, the name, the gunslinging, the, the delivery, like when he goes to get his weapon. I mean, it's all just so, I mean, honestly, it's just fun. It's, yeah. just, it's yeah. just cool. I can see how in a comic book, this is way more. It's very comic book. It, it draws out the character. It, it lets you figure out who they are mm-hmm. right away or what they yeah. can do mm-hmm. without much effort. Right. You know, it hadn't occurred to me too, like uh, that each each person kind of had their own little specialty. If this was like an action figure or like a, just a no name action figure, you could just see who they were based on what equipment came with the package. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, here we are just doing expository on what these characters are like in real life and 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 how they feel. And then I did just doesn't occur to me. Oh yeah, they do kind of start off as kind of caricatures. Yeah, and then eventually they became more developed 
develop them with more depth to them. But it's also fun. Yeah. And we'll get to the journalist soon, I guess. Yeah, also. Eventually. And her her cool-ass SWAT car. SWAT van, right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that was pretty cool. Mobile SWAT unit. Yeah, man. Oh, boy. She was like a video game character to me. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, this whole thing kind of felt like a sort of sad video game <laughs> right. in a weird way. Right. Because I mean, the was... characters were kind of not plain. You no. didn't get too deep. No, not yet the, at least. But the scenes were deep. The scenes were deep. It was very post-apocalyptic, bleak environment. But the characters were very vivid video game kind of caricature-ish, which isn't bad. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. I'm just saying that it's 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 a very different vibe. Yeah, sure. it, it feels like this was the intro to a video game. Like, yes. like one of those new type of story type video games. Yes, I could yeah. see that. Choose a path. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you hit him with stick? <laughs> oh my God. Or do you walk away? He says, leave me alone. <laughs> it, it is. It's very, it's, it's totally like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so the next episode is basically when you start playing so. yeah there you go. <laughs> which is technically true start. that's how it is with a lot of these games <laughs> yeah not that i would know yeah so this is the demo <laughs> screen <laughs> and then you know the next the next episode is where is we start actual, getting into it yeah, yeah. Uh, well, clearly, because this is what I've been telling a lot of friends who watch The Walking Dead, who, who want to try to get into Fear the Walking Dead. I tell them, don't wait. Watch just season four, episode one. Do it. Because the entire episode, again, is is all these new characters plus Morgan, whom, whom you're used to. Right. So just do it. Just you, do it. Just get into it. Just jump right in. Yeah. For the continuity alone, fine. But I'm not even talking about that. It's a mm-hmm. good standalone episode. Yeah, I Which agree. I didn't expect. At all. Oh, really? You yeah, when, when we were talking about it, I was like, oh, you know, you should watch it. You should judge it on its own right. And I was like, you know, I support that. And like, I didn't even have to do that because this episode does have its own uh, set of legs to yeah. stand on. Mm-hmm. No, I agree completely. Yeah. We started talking about the heaps and how long he was there. And right. one of the things I wanted to talk about were the people who came in. Who came in, yeah. To try to get, get him to come back. And all the various reasons that some of it overlaps, like a Venn mm-hmm. diagram. Yeah. yeah. But, By the way, speaking of Venn diagrams, you know that the... Did you see the episode of Talking Dead with Stephen Ogg? And there was like a new super fan there. And she had a book. Oh, also. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, had, you know we're friends and, with her on Instagram. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> I, I loved her because she showed her notebook and she had Venn diagrams. Like that's Colored how paper, inter- I think, yeah. too. Colored paper. Mm-hmm. Pencil. I don't remember. Her notes definitely rivaled Yvette Nicole Brown's. For sure. For yeah, sure. I was like, wow, man. I'm impressed. Yeah, totally impressed. Speaking of Venn diagrams, the reasons Carol, Rick, and I think Jesus? Jesus come, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's all the same. Come back with us. Yeah. You yeah. saved us. Mm-hmm. Et cetera. We start off with Carol. Yes. And she comes in. She says, you know, you know who I am. I know who you are. And you belong with people who care about you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Brick comes in. And the one takeaway line, and I think it's said later on in the episode, is you can hide, but you can't run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh... You know, he mentioned how grateful he is when he saved him in season one. You're right. Uh, I think episode one, right? Yeah, yeah. And if it wasn't for him, he wouldn't even be able to save everybody in the last Recent month. Memory. Yeah. yeah. It, it's all owed to you. You were the one who took a chance. Yeah. In spite of, you know, you had your son there. You, you know, you didn't know who I was. Yeah, he didn't know who he was. He didn't have to save him. 
Yeah, and you know, don't waste time. Come back. You know, be a part of the world. Mm-hmm. You're part of the world already. Yeah. You, you'll find your way back to it because it, it'll find its way back to you. And boy, was he right. <laughs> yeah, right? Seriously. <laughs> the reason why I even mentioned this, because we could easily go past this and just treat it as a sort of transition period. But all of the things that these people have said, mm-hmm. even Carol, you, mm-hmm. know, you, you belong with people who care about you. I can easily see this episode as a chance for Morgan to start a friendship or who knows, you never know, it might be a relationship with some of the people on Fear the Walking Dead with a clean slate. The ability yeah. to maybe keep his head, find, forge like a new loving or friendship relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that will be the people that he loves and cares about. So yeah. instead of doing it here, he does it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In, fa- in fact, I, I don't even know why I didn't write this down, but what Jesus says is you can do what you're doing here, being a part. It doesn't really matter where you are. You can do it closer to us. Be a part, but be surrounded by the people, people you love. And I love that because he kind of just took his advice and started running, literally. Yeah, (laughs) just ran away. Yeah, I'm going to do what I'm doing somewhere completely different. (laughs) Yeah. Rick's thing, though, is more of a you'll see later on kind of thing. You can hide, but you can't run. Clearly, he was wrong about the running part. Yeah. uh, But the expression holds true. Just don't waste time to be a part of the world. I don't think he wasted time at all. In fact, him running away was kind of like a catalyst almost. Uh, I think so. I'm sure he was running for a long time, but... Yeah, logistically speaking, yes. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because I was trying to figure this out from a a logistics standpoint. I was like, okay, we were in Virginia, so... So if you do it, and he actually... It's funny, near the end, he kind of does spell out his journey. Uh, First I ran, then I walked, then I took a car until that gave out, and then I took another car, and then I walked some more. I can easily say it probably took him at least four days if not a whole week right to do what he did yeah that's the thing though it's just that rick's words were right but for different reasons Mm -hmm, i I mm -hmm. think he ran but he ran into another situation where the world is just it just it's like morgan is this sponge or vacuum people will rush in because he's obviously a good guy right yeah you see this in the episode in fact when he's on his journey he sees that jeep grand wagoneer kind of thing yeah yeah and it, it's a notable because it's it's like a tan color with like the wood panel on the side yeah uh, with the fat ass wheels and mm-hmm. inside the four by four is this guy who right. is obviously sick or hurt yeah, and yeah. or hurt mm-hmm. and morgan right away just without saying anything because it's still morgan he still just wants to avoid people but he still can't help himself from mm-hmm. saving people and helping yeah. people he starts to leave equipment like gauze and Mm-hmm. Uh, having like alcohol and some food mm-hmm. and the guy says he's basically fuck off keep your shit mm-hmm. to yourself i don't need it mm-hmm. and, and the one thing that he says and it's something that morgan repeats later on in the episode we're always alone mm-hmm. and he repeats this later on in the episode uh when he tries to talk to uh john dory mm-hmm. as he talks to him later on but yeah shuts the door and and basically he sees this vehicle near the end of the episode mm-hmm. and the guy ends up being a walker and it's just something that he has a hard time with when he confirms that it's the guy that was in the car shivering yeah he just simply has to go after it mm-hmm. but it's it's just one of those things he just can't avoid being who he is yeah and that is kind of like the hatch of a spaceship mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the spaceship and like the vacuum is rushing and the world is rushing in yeah no for sure 
Absolutely. In the journey going west, you do see the sign of Texas on the floor. Mm, mm-hmm. yeah, so it's kind of like there's no uh, illusions about where he where actually he is. is. You know, yeah. There's no guessing games. <laughs> Uh, we are in the state of Texas. The, the Lone Star State. The Lone Star State, yeah. <laughs> After the monologue thing, obviously because we're jumping around in time, it starts off with John Dory, goes back to the heaps, and then right. him running, and then it goes back to that scene with John Dory where he's basically trying to convince him to stay. First he asks him if he wants, does he want some beans? And I got some beans too. That's what cowboys eat. <laughs> Especially movie theater cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And then barring that, because, of course, Morgan's refusing. He just kind of wants to move on at this point. Uh, and again, Morgan can't help save John Dory. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a common theme. He just can't yeah. keep to himself. He just got to help people out, even though he doesn't, doesn't want anything to do with them. Yeah. But yeah, so he proceeds to offer him candy, John Dory. And this is like a repeating thing. He's like grandma with the Werther's chocolate yes. or something. Yeah. <laughs> Werther, Werther's candy. Yeah. Werther's original. That's what it was. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, it's just so goddamn cute. It's, it just, it's just so Garrett Dillahunt. This, I'm, I'm just in love with this guy. Seriously. I can tell. New man crush. Yeah, it's he. He plays in equal parts good guys and bad guys on television shows, like on sci-fi okay. series and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And just everything that he does, I'm just into. Just very into. He's just there's a good southern accent too. So I don't know why he, he didn't does. do more of that. Yeah, he does have a good southern accent. Yeah, he's done it a lot too in other roles. So go Is figure. Is he southern or no? I don't know. I, I I should look him up. But when he's speaking, his speaking voice is just it's, it's very it's yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's American. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's, just, it's just a regular American accent. Very nondescript. No, nondescript. Thank you. That's the better word. <laughs> I like to write. <laughs> <laughs> nondescript. Nondescript. <laughs> So in spite of Morgan's constant refusals, the one thing that gets him to stay is basically, look, uh, you've been probably traveling for a very long time. You said you were back east. You could stay at the back in the flatbed. I'll stay in the front with the cab. It looks like you could just use a a good night of sleep, man. Yeah. And uh, cut to the next scene with John Dory snoring. (laughs) And uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I I could not sleep in that. Does Eddie snore? Yes, he does. Yes. Oh, boy. So I use earplugs. Oh, boy. How do you do? Does that work? Yes, it works phenomenally. But the nice thing about earplugs is that I I don't know how, but earplugs basically muffle certain sounds, not necessarily all, which is good because, you know, I need to hear certain things. So it's not like my alarm goes off and I'm not going to hear it because I have earplugs in. But for whatever reason, like the the sound of a snore, that is somehow muffled by them. I don't know why, but I guess certain, maybe because an alarm has more of a shrill rather than like um, a snore that has more of like a vibration to it i don't know like well like a basier basier sound probably right right it's funny that i brought this up for some reason (laughs) i've reached the stage in my life and i don't know why it is (laughs) that where i just it could be the podcast i'm just let me just throw it out there i've been editing till like sometimes six o'clock in the morning uh (sighs) but you know if i'm lucky for oh my gosh (laughs) yeah what will happen is i have an alarm that i I, i've been using and is pretty trustworthy and Uh uh-huh it's just stopped working. Really? Yeah, I just, I can't wait, wait, get up. You you should get clocky. Oh, the vibrating bed one thing, whatever? It's the one that the law school student invented, and it, it has wheels on it. 
But the idea is that you're allowed to snooze it once. If it goes Mm. off a second time and you snooze it, it will roll itself off of whatever it's on and go around the room like screaming bloody murder. (laughs) And you have to basically get out of bed and chase that thing down. Oh, man. That's insane. (laughs) Some some people have invented an app, or I'm sure there are several apps out there that you actually have to solve a puzzle to get it to mute. Oh, God. No, I'm not in the mental state for that. Oh, what a nightmare. Yeah, but then, you know, in the act of trying to get it to snooze... Your brain is already pumping the, the uh, yeah. was it adrenaline to right. There's a certain chemical that wakes you up. I basically. get it in theory. In yeah. theory, it makes a lot of sense. However, <laughs> I do not want to be trying to figure out how to turn off my alarm at six thirty in the morning when I'm already like tired. Well, do you snooze? Uh, I I do. I <laughs> I set my alarm to psychologically speaking give myself some time to kind of mentally prepare. My myself so yeah. it's that for a certain time knowing full well that i probably won't get out of bed until 20 minutes later so <laughs> it's like all right i have to kind of buffer that in however i have noticed that and this could be age it could be staying up late working on things mm-hmm. if i am getting less than five hours of sleep for example the alarm could go off and subconsciously i will wake up and turn it off and go back to sleep oh and, yeah and, and i could oversleep that's so another that's, thing i've been doing too yes subconsciously like i have no recollection of it going of it going off and me turning it off but clearly it it will happen so yeah that's it's not good no bueno not at all yeah no. and, and then you wake up and it's kind of like your body does kind of naturally wake up at certain times right i i will wake up half an hour before I'm supposed to be in work. I know I'm going to be late. Looks like I'm working from home again, guys. Oh, God. Hey, then I'm early. (laughs) Then I'm early. How about that, guys? I'm early, bitches. And then, you know, you still go back to sleep. Oh, no. Don't do that. Yeah, it's... It's yeah. rough. It's 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 rough. It's not easy, you know. So now I definitely know that I have to be pretty mindful of that. I can't get away with just snoozing, snoozing, and then being like, "Oh yeah, I'm up. I'm okay." No, I can't do that anymore. No, you're, you're not there. You're you're, no. you're done. You're done. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. Put I can't you do back that in the smoker. Just you know, I'm, put me out to pasture. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Can't you're, do that. You old heifer. And heifer. Yeah. So speaking of snoring. <laughs> Ugh, can't can't do it anymore yeah neither could morgan neither could morgan and neither i don't know did. if it was the snoring if it was just him being this big weirdo and, and like oh, <laughs> i'll make this guy feel good about himself but i'll sneak off in the middle of the night so i can make himself make this guy feel bad about himself he pulled uh, a carol i feel like carol does things like yeah that. yeah that's that's a good that's a good observation yeah he does that Oh, I don't want to bother Ezekiel. Uh, I'll just, you know, just leave. I don't want to bother Tobin. I'm going to leave him in the middle of the night. (laughs) She did that with Tobin. She did. That's true. That's true. She did. Oh, my God. Yeah, the parallel. It's a recurring theme, the parallels. I see where Morgan got it from. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, Carol, she slept over that one night, but she she slept out in the middle of the night. Yeah, just call me Angel of the Morning. Yep. That was a good tactic. I think I'll borrow it. I think I'll borrow that tactic. (laughs) On my travels. (laughs) Gosh. Yeah, does not want to get involved with anybody, so he slips out. Yeah. Yep, and just like Rick says, as soon as he's mm-hmm. far enough away from John Dory, just life finds its way back to him, yeah. and he gets ambushed trying to scavenge an abandoned campsite, which is just obviously, it's, it wasn't obviously a trap, but it was it was a trap. There was like it a was lantern a that was on, and that looked really creepy, like, oh, who's here? Somebody here? Why yeah. is the lamp on? I might as well look in this thing anyway and, and try to get some snackies. Yeah. There you go. And then we got our first nickname for Morgan ever, I think. <laughs> karate Man. Karate Man. You some like sort a... of karate man? 
love the sound of that. I know it's it's just so Texas. It's 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 <laughs> Texas, and just you know, and again, comic booky, you know. <laughs> It just is, you know, karate man. Yeah, when you don't have to worry about political correctness, you can. No, we're in Texas. <laughs> karate man. It's like, can you imagine? It's post-apocalypse Texas, <laughs> for God's sake. Post-apocalypse Texas. <laughs> oh. uh, so that was really bad. <laughs> Not cutting it though. If it wasn't PC before, certainly not now. Oh, certainly not now. Okay, we just lost all our Texas fans. So, no, no. But listen, you can't go negative zero. So it's it's not a, <laughs> it's not a knock against Texas. I'm just no, I'm, saying. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, just Texas is saying. a big state. Let's just it's put it that way. It's a huge state. It is. Yeah. <laughs> not everybody's the same. It's like saying all New Yorkers are rude. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, if, if you really get to know a New Yorker, you wouldn't say that. No. Yeah, we just, we just, yeah, we got shit to do. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> How rude. <laughs> no, it is not rude. We're uh, just focused. That's all. <laughs> We're just focused. We just got to get to where we need to go. We just need to get to where we need to go. We don't have that's time all. to help out people who are in trouble. So. No, no we no, we do, we do, we do. New Yorkers are the f- among the friendliest of people. It's true, it's true. We, we just I, like, and you know what I've noticed? It's it, the consequence of us being real friendly people is that sometimes you'll get that one guy <laughs> and just will talk. Your, he will just not stop talking to you. And I guess, yeah, when, I guess when I you're, in a, I guess when you're a crowded subway a, day in and day out with people mm. all around you, mm-hmm. that when you, when you, as soon as you get to talk to a stranger, I guess you just can't shut the hell up. So. Yeah, some people are chatty. Some people are chatty, chatty Nancys. I like that, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that's a good or bad thing. It's a bad thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Karate Man. Yeah. Karate Man. I yeah. Yeah, and, fun. and Morgan does try to get himself out of it, but not before JD baby just walks in and says, "Get your hands off my friend." I'm like, oh, God, I was trying to tell them that I have nobody to tell, man. And he's like, yep, no, that's my friend. That's my boy. And they had to move on. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, it's like you didn't realize we're friends. Screwed the pooch. We're friends. Uh, so yet, so now we have the karate man and the gunslinger side by side. Love it. I love that. Thus uh, caricaturizing your observation of caricaturizing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So we find out that the guy who is who's captured him is named Leland. Very Texas. I call the group Leland and the Pilferers, like a ba- <laughs> like a band. It does sound like a band. It's <laughs> really funny, actually. Yeah, and then they're both in a mess basically because this guy Leland, he's no schmuck. Yeah, he's got. Yeah. I think that's the first time I used schmuck on this show. <laughs> yeah, that is the first time. If they only knew what it meant. First time for everything. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there are no schmucks. They got guys on the rooftops. They got guys mm-hmm. all around. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, they they were yeah, they were ready. Shit's tight. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, lucky for them, I guess, maybe. I don't know. Althea comes in. Seems like a yes. good guy. Good guy. Yeah. 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 Comes in, drives in with a modified SWAT vehicle. Like That thing was so damn cool. Yeah. Sorry. It, it, doesn't it look different than, like, an actual yeah. SWAT vehicle? Yeah. Well, because it, was, it wasn't just a SWAT vehicle. It was like... You know what it was? It was a cross between a SWAT vehicle and the Batmobile. The Christopher <laughs> Nolan Batmobile, specifically. <laughs> that's basically what it was. It was a cross between those two, and that's what made it so cool. That's wow. what. It, that's exactly what it was. Well, yeah. I was thinking more like Star Wars almost, because it looked like one of those, just those small, pot, like Star Wars meets Star Trek meets uh, just a SWAT vehicle. They, it like like a pod-style 
body mm-hmm. with the with like a like with a diagonal front so that you can get over curbs easily that sort of thing you know mm-hmm. yeah so I don't know it's look, it looked a little too military sci-fi military to me oh. see for me it was Christopher Nolan's Batman <laughs> hey close enough the guy yeah. is a, a total sci-fi nerd so yeah yeah and why not so I thought it was super cool yeah yeah that thing and, was awesome and she looks super cool she, she does too haircut sweeping yeah. haircut yeah no I thought like she she reminded me there's a character my husband Eddie plays a particular video game and there's a character that looks very similar to her and I immediately thought of that when I saw her her look was very much like this character like Silent Hill maybe or no zombie no he plays Overwatch oh okay okay well so you do know the name of the (laughs) oh I know I know the name of the game I know the game I know the game very well oh I think these people our listeners are I think most of them are gonna know Overwatch probably (laughs) yeah actually yes He's a very, that is his game. But I don't know the name of the character specifically. Oh, okay, okay. Fair enough. But when I saw her, I immediately thought of this character in that game because she had that same look, same hair, even the clothes. It was just that same sort of look. Again, we we go back to the video game analogy. She doesn't look like a playable character. That's what I mean. There was that sort of quality to it. To me, yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is great. Karate because, Man, Gunslinger, and the uh, yeah, Overwatch I mean, uh, person the Overwatch, to shooting people. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna find out, and I'm gonna I'm gonna text you a photo. Like, yeah. that's what I'm, I'll find it. Trust Do me. it, and then I'll just include it in the notes. Okay. <laughs> Do- Done. 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 <laughs> Done. Don't worry. You'll have it within like 45 minutes. <laughs> I will find it. I'll find it. Yeah. So it looks like Althea comes in mm-hmm. and you're not quite sure what's going on. No. You th- yeah. They obviously know about each other, her and the pilferers. Right. Yes. And definitely. and she starts this dialogue with him. He like, and she, she apparently does like new people. I mm-hmm. like new people. Mm-hmm. And she wants them. And she's willing to trade for them. And Leland's not looking too hot. He, he's noticing her. He's like, she's crazy. What is she going to do next? That kind of thing. Like, and mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we don't know what's up. No. And all of a sudden, and he mentions, is your hand by the lever? And she yes, goes, yes, yes. And it pans to it. He's like, yep. And uh, all at once, she pulls it, and the side panel of the, of the SWAT vehicle opens up, and it's like these automated yes. like, tracking machine guns, these sweeping it was like, amazing. automatic cannons. Yeah. <laughs> it looked like G.I. Joe, okay? Yeah, yeah. It's, so I, I think there's going to be some merchandising involved for kids, <laughs> probably for adults. Let's, let's probably. Be, be clear. I, I would hope so. So many. I feel like adults collect this stuff more than kids now. Oh, yeah. Am I wrong? I no, for sure. Definitely. <laughs> I have a Negan figurine on my desk. There you go. There you go. It, it is. It's a lot of it. It's more for adults than actually kids. Okay. And kids see, here's the thing that's aging me. And I, I don't know if it's age or if it's it's a little bit of both. Patience okay. and age. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how I'm losing it. Okay. I tried to join something like Loot Crate, and Loot Crate, if you've never heard of it, is mm-hmm. a, it's one of the it's one of the first box products. And what a box product yeah. is, is a subscription box. Oh, okay, it's subscription so, subscription services. Yeah, they they, they 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 box up a bunch of tchotchkes, sometimes like mm-hmm. co- tchotchkes. What I'm so New Yorker. It's, no, it's a, <laughs> I, I knew what that meant. I assume <laughs> yeah. everybody knows what that means. You're, See, that's the thing. I don't know. But anyway. That's like when I say not for nothing and people are like, what? Yeah, not for nothing, but there was a lot of loot in this uh, box. It's, like, it's usually what? like just things, you know? These, yeah. Mm-hmm. These okay. like, like, oh, a coin from the video game or a, mm-hmm. a comic book. Or t- most of the times it's a, there's a t-shirt. Okay. And the boxes okay. ro- revolve around a theme. So I collected okay. it for like five or six months, maybe. Okay. All right. And I started realizing something. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of shit. <laughs> 
Well, you have to be selective with stuff. I don't have a ton of figurines or anything like that, but I will say that when it comes to home, I definitely try to minimize that. So when I'm at home, like yeah. my debt, my work desk at home has one figurine, which is a, ne- a Negan yeah. figurine, and that is it. That's it's all awesome. I have. Yeah, it's, definitely. That's it. Now, when I'm at it's work... Like your spirit animal, I'm sorry. It's my spirit animal right there. <laughs> but when I'm at I work, I have not a lot, but I feel like at work, it's maybe like it, it's it's more motivational to have these things around. So at work, I've got candles, I've got little zombie figurines, I got pencils that have sayings from the movie Clueless on them. I mean, it's, it's a potpourri <laughs> of awesome. stuff at work. Like it really is. But it's conversation starters and it, it adds a little a little something a little to an otherwise for your office yeah exactly exactly so you know because i feel like in a sterile office environment it's okay because otherwise it's just a sterile office environment but yeah. at home yeah i don't necessarily want to clutter my my house with all this sort of stuff yeah you already have to deal with your kids toys right exactly yeah, yeah so. so it's like why would i want to deal with my own right exactly correct yeah yeah but that's what happened to me because you don't really have a choice of what comes in. It's just all a surprise. Right. It ended up being I would get things that I really didn't really care for. Mm-hmm. More <laughs> things than I cared about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it was like a t-shirt of the month club, I still wouldn't do it because at, at a certain point, my wife. Yeah, I don't need I don't need any more. T- you don't need any more t-shirts. Yeah. yeah. She probably would flip out. Like I why? Had, I had like two full drawers full of just t-shirts. Two like, full drawers? That's a lot. Big ass IT- Ikea drawers. So that's, Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Speed up to the future, I actually have now only one drawer. I don't know how That's I did it. That's significant. I really don't know how. I only took out I, I maybe you know one stack, but I made it happen for some but reason. But you know what? Sometimes you actually, if you take a moment and you go through all that stuff, you start you, you start to realize that, wait a second, I haven't worn this since like 1998. So yeah. really, like, mm. is there any reason why I really should keep holding on to this? I did that one day and I cleaned house. I have a pile of clothing on my in my bedroom floor that I need to bring over to Salvation Army that I just basically cleared out. I was like, I'm not going to use any of this. And sometimes it also gives you this misconception that you have more than you actually do. Yeah, sometimes yeah. you just have a lot of stuff. But I mean, do you use any of that stuff? That's true. And actually, midway into our Squawking Dead extravaganza, I actually moved during That's the break. Right. After, yes. Right after episode eight. Yes, you did. I've moved before. It's, mm-hmm. I think we all have. But this move was just painful. I I just can't recall a more painful time moving because really in the course of seven and a half years, I collected so much stupid stuff, (sighs) furniture that, okay, this is going to kind of give you insight into who I am. I would find furniture on the streets. No, I dumpster dive all the time. Like, let's be clear. Like, there's nothing wrong with dumpster diving. (sighs) This happens here where we live now in sunny Miami, Florida, (laughs) where, you know, we there's a certain day in our area where they pick up bulk trash furniture or or anything that's considerable that doesn't fit in a trash can there's a certain day out of the month that they pick that stuff up so you leave it on the curb for them to pick it up so on the eve of when they're picking it up that is the time (laughs) that me and my beloved husband like to do a little drive-through that is crazy i love you guys and kind of see what people put out because with you yeah because i mean and and we're and we're the ones that are like oh let's go around there and like that's that's a nice neighborhood people got the (laughs) the best garbage (laughs) the best stuff no because it's true i mean like yeah no no shame in that whatsoever I've, i've i've done that before where i've gotten pieces of furniture actually we we found a piece of furniture like that like an old antique chair that we have in our garage in our garage right now that i would my goal is to be upholster it because 
I've seen amazing things. As long as the, the, the bones are fine yeah. and you reupholster it, yeah. I mean, it's amazing. And once it's in that state, it's worth a lot of money when you think about it. If yeah, it's, it can be, yeah, sure. It can be. I've seen people charge hundreds of dollars sometimes for like these chairs that are, you know, essentially kind of like an antique. It's just been given some life again. It's got the Etsy effect, basically. It's, yeah. it's you take found things and you glam it up. Mm-hmm. You, you glitz it up. Glitz is better because it's something that you would actually want. Oh, glam, yeah. not necessarily. Glam is like no, necessarily glam. Yeah, glam, glam is like Delia's. <laughs> like the de- oh my god, do, does Delia's exist? Did I just age I myself don't again? Oh, you know what? That's a very good question. <laughs> I know, right? Oh god. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm a guy and I know Delia's. I, for some let- <laughs> no, it was very popular back in the day when we were in college. They used to send the catalogs around. I yeah. knew a lot of girls. I never got anything from Delia, but I knew girls who got the catalogs in the mail and they ordered things. So right. that's for what I For those who don't know, Delia's is like a, I wouldn't say women's accessory store. It was. I would say it was like a junior's <laughs> kind of mail yeah. order catalog of clothes. It was that time frame of late 90s, early 2000s. Lots of baby doll dresses. Yeah. When I think Courtney Love during the 90s, it was like that kind of look, but polished. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Anyway, get back to the uh, <laughs> merchandising SWAT vehicle, by yes, the way. very cool. Toys for adults. Yeah. You find out that she does have this automatic machine gun system. She has this hold over this gang. She's probably had it over them for a while. She right. doesn't really abuse it. She doesn't try to force them to give her what she wants. Mm-mm. She just uses it as a kind of leverage. Hey, i just do using this so we can have a fair deal. And she's actually borderline begging these guys to remit these two gentlemen, the karate yeah. man and the gunslinger, over yeah. to her. Because she wants yeah. to because we find out later on she wants to interview them. Yeah, she was a journalist. Yeah. Like what do you want what do you want from us? And uh, yeah, and basically when it goes down, she does it. Uh, they they hand him over, and um, you know I guess they get their uh, cup of noodles with kimchi on top. I guess mm-hmm. Korean cup of noodles, nice uh, and smokes. It's more than a fair deal. I more say. than a fair deal because I'm kind of hungry for that right now. Um, that that sounds very good. Yeah, and the smokes wouldn't hurt after the cup of noodles. There you uh, go. <laughs> You do find out that Althea or Al is a journalist. Mm-hmm. And again, Morgan kind of points this out pretty quickly. He's like, what is this? What are you, why? Right. Journalists in the in the aftermath of the apocalypse? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. It's kind of a waste of time. But then you start to realize that both John Dory and uh, Althea, they're both kind of these odd, displaced, weird characters mm-hmm. in the apocalypse that have somehow yeah. made somehow it. Somehow made it, somehow survived, yeah. Yeah, it's like their own mini Alexandria. <laughs> like, no. How did these people survive? How did these guys make it this long? Yeah. And Resourcefulness. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know how Althea did it, but... yeah. Yeah, JD. I guess, and again, mm-hmm. I think it's a movie theater. They have the popcorn references, and at the end, I guess uh, the popcorn socks he gives to Morgan. Yeah, you know, not worth having to mention again. But yeah, it, it's just all these movie theater themes and the candy. Mm-hmm. When she's far enough away, she does do the interviews. She tackles John Dory first because obviously he's pretty easy. He likes to talk. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, yeah. He's he has no problem with that. No. Before they even actually get to the interview, yes, they drive by this set of buildings and they make a remark about the flag on top of the buildings, the 51 number. Ah, uh, yes, the flag, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so... 51. Hmm. Yeah, we find out that, you know, later on that it's these, it feels like there's a bunch of buildings in this world in, in Fear of the Walking Dead that ha- that they're just filled with walkers and have like a, a random number on them. 
Hmm. Yeah. So, and this is going to come up because you do see this again in the sneak peeks. There's another number on another building. Right. Uh, and that number is like 457. So mm-hmm. is, is it the number of walkers? It seems mm-hmm. like a video game in a way. Oh, there's 50. Mm-hmm. This is difficulty 51. There's 51 oh, no. walkers in here to deal with. <laughs> so, I know, right? So I'm wondering, yeah, they, they, there's something odd about this and who's doing this and who's behind this or is it the military? And mm-hmm. I, you know, you, could, you can create theories and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, just something to keep note of because we do come back to these buildings. And as Althea is interviewing JD, he does go into the story, which I actually went through earlier. Morgan, just, it says again, just does not see the point. There are no news stations. Uh, and he tries to get out of it, too, actually, it, to the mm-hmm. point where he's giving her foods like, please just let me go. I need to go. Before they can really do anything about that, Leland the Pilfers, they're they're on the case again. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't get it, too. Like, what is what is up with this dude? Yeah, I, I didn't... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just leave well enough alone? Right, right. I don't know what their, their deal is that they have to keep pushing. Yeah, but it, com- it becomes increasingly clear the kind of people these, these guys are. Something that I think Althea mentions, or some people have mentioned, is that this region of Texas, wherever they are, it seems to be that there's not a lot of people here. Mm-hmm. It may just be Althea and these guys. Althea's roving around in this truck that probably takes a lot of gas, by the way. So I yeah, don't know how she's dealing with yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that is definitely a gas guzzler right there. Yeah, yeah. And so these guys are getting pretty hungry, it seems. They're running out of stocks. I can easily see a situation where these guys are just really trying to not only get by but they need some sort of advantage and maybe they want to make it further out but they can't maybe there's something in this world in this region of the world like a boundary of some kind that makes Mm -hmm. it dangerous to go beyond this place right so that's the reason why you would even ask the question like okay why don't they just leave well enough alone she's trading people for things you actually not only want but need Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so there may be a situation in in the surrounding area where they can't get out of this area unless they just they just go east or something right. I don't know mm-hmm. so yep we get into this whole scene where these guys have them surrounded again yeah they want to take Morgan's stick and all of a sudden JD goes into a full effect and they start going to like this little gunfight yeah so what we find out during the fight is that there's a point at which Morgan gets shot mm-hmm. uh, trying to get somebody on the on the rooftops of these buildings the one with the 51 on it mm-hmm and as he's coming up to the guy, the guy takes the flag to try to fight Morgan with his stick. And I thought this was the funniest thing in the world. I'm like, mm-hmm. they're, they're not really going to get into like this typical movie stick fight. And, and what was so great about it is that it was over even before it started. Yeah. <laughs> the guy takes the, fl- the 51 flag off the, the top of the building. And he starts using his stick, but Morgan just roundly hands it, hands his ass to him. Yeah, <laughs> and no and time he, wasted. Right, and he falls off the building basically. And yes. at that point, sometime during the fight, John actually opens one of the doors, and Walker starts spilling out. So yes. this guy's dangling over the side of these small buildings. These are very small ranch-style buildings. And he's dangling, and Morgan actually does save him, which is contrary to what right, he had yeah. been doing. Yes, uh, typically, and and he's going back to this as long as they're alive. I will save them, you know. Right, and right. The, the pointy end goes to the dead people. Yes. So he lifts the guy up, brings him to the to the rooftop. But as soon as as soon as he helps him, yeah, he, they 
gee, the guy just decks him again. And yeah. it's kind of like, what is going on here? Why yeah. Why would you do that? Yeah. You're going to save your life, basically. You would have been Walker, Walker yeah. me. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then as soon as that happens. Crash. Crash. Crash into the building. Crash into the building, yeah. And, and full of walkers. And yeah. then there's the coolest scene I think I've ever seen on The Walking Dead. Or, you know, these shows. These Walking Dead shows. He finds this grenade. I, I don't know if it was on Morgan or if it was on this guy or something, but he finds mm-hmm. a grenade. As the other guy is being eaten up by walkers, he just shoves yeah. this grenade in another walker, pushes it on the pile of bodies that are trying to eat this guy's body, mm-hmm. runs into the bathroom, jumps into a bathtub, and, and he makes this sound. It's like, ah. <laughs> He's <laughs> like, he knows what's coming. He knows what's coming. And then Kablooey, uh, like the building, just the shockwave in the building. And it just, it's just such a mess. And he's like, he comes out kind of like a cartoon character. <laughs> he's all like charred and he's blowing smoke out of his mouth. Oh, God. <laughs> he's like, yeah. we, we gotta go. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty crazy. Oh, yeah. Leland almost gets the drop on Althea, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does almost. Basically, Althea throws the, the keys into this like little tire pot uh, holders of some kind mm-hmm. and the snake kind of jumps out and gets Leland and he still almost gets away but he just can't seem to start the thing or whatever and so he gets thrown out and, and the walkers start tearing him apart and yeah. but the problem is there's so many walkers and then you kind of finally get to see Althea pull the lever of this goddamn machine gun thing. Yes. And it just the John and Morgan just take a dive behind the car and it just mows all this horde of walkers. Yeah. Down. Yeah. Cuts them all down in like a matter of seconds. Yeah, that thing was awesome. Yeah, you can see why these guys had been avoiding trying to basically fuck with her. Yeah. (laughs) So pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So which again goes back to the whole cartoony character kind of thing. Like uh, she just pulled a Looney Tunes lever and a bunch of guns just shot all these things down. Yeah. It's it's just it's just so out of place. Yeah, it's but but I I appreciate it cuz it's just so weird. Yeah. And it's probably like you said. Again, this is like the preamble. This is the cartoony part of yes. the show as yes. as we move on we'll start to get into the meat of these characters and start to reveal certain depressing truths that keep us watching yeah. in, in agony. Yep, to warm our cold, cynical hearts. Yeah, or to cold our warm, hopeful hearts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the Stanley Milgram test continues. <laughs> Thanks, Bobby Kirkman. Thanks. <laughs> so we get past the situation. Morgan's leg is still injured. Yes. Obviously. And Althea goes for another round with this guy, you know, try to interview him. Because at that point, Look, I saved your life. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So Morgan feels like, okay, I owe her, yeah. you know? So he might as well start asking questions. And, and he does pretty well in, all the way until she asks him a very personal mm-hmm. question. He explains how he comes from two settlements, Atlanta and Virginia, mm-hmm. explains his journey, and even has time to mention the kingdom and Shiva, yeah, yeah. a tiger. How do you forget Shiva? You can't. Yeah, I'm glad they kind of brought that up again because it does sound bananas. Yeah. Our eye- eyeballs kind of popped out of our sockets when we first saw this thing. Yeah. What is this? Who is this king? Why does he have a tiger? What yeah. the... What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I can see that. I can see how in disbelief she is. And he goes on. She basically asks him, you know, why did you go? These people love you and you're surrounded by people you care about. And he goes, I already left before I left. Hmm. You know, I was already gone. Yeah. yeah. But then she wants to try to ask him more questions. And he tries to flip the script. He tries to change the subject. Yeah. You know, what about you? What's your deal? Mm-hmm. 
and she won't answer the questions like I'm the one answer the, asking I'm the not, questions. I'm asking the questions. Yeah, and, and basically he just goes, well, you know, it's been fun. <laughs> it's been real. It's not been for real. nothing. Not for nothing, <laughs> but I got to go. <laughs> it's, not, yeah, it's time, you know, I got to catch a train. Uh, so yeah. he, he, he waddles away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in, in his typical stubborn Morgan fashion yeah she basically says tell me one real thing I, I don't believe this tiger nonsense but tell me one real thing about your thing and then he says it's just the most heartbreaking thing to hear it's like as he says I lose people and then I lose myself yeah but it's that at the core that is what it is yeah you know what it is <laughs> <laughs> <gasps> this is the part where where we were talking about the lonely guy's car and yes. um yeah and he has to follow him and he's struggling because at that point he's trying to catch up to the guy as he's as he's, he's just walking away and we don't know what's going on uh he's trying to follow him mm-hmm. and uh, two walkers from the side of the road are ambling towards him but he just he can't seem to move fast enough he's not a very tall guy either mm-hmm. you know he has like little waddly legs like me oh my god <laughs> but obviously he's a karate man so he's already better karate man <laughs> So he stumbles down, and had it not been for John Dory following him the entire time with Althea, he would have been a goner, for yeah, sure. For sure, yeah. yeah. So much for uh, I don't die. Yeah, right. <laughs> that all went out the window. Yeah, maybe when you're in clear mode, but now, now you're with us down here in the shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, nope, doesn't work like that. Yeah, yeah. So eventually... He's like, I just got to know. I, I need to find out if this guy is okay. And John's like, oh, okay, hold your horses. Hold your horses. Yeah. And he's like, you know, give me your backpack. And something I like about that scene is that instead of trying to convince Morgan, dude, you're not in the shape to really go after this guy. And not only that, he could have found out for himself what this guy, this lonely guy was or if he was okay. Not He enables Morgan to do it. Yeah. Something very noteworthy. He takes the backpack. He does like a fireman carry and, and they mm-hmm. walk together mm-hmm. and they find out that the lonely guy, he, he turned. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he takes him out. And not only does he do that, I found this very touching. He took him out and then Morgan decides to bury him. That is very touching. Yeah. It's not something that you would typically think of doing for a complete stranger. No, not at all. What do you think is going on in his mind when, what's going on with him? Why does he go out of his way for this stranger? What does it mean to him? It's not necessarily a stranger to him. Like, he had kind of built this sort of repertoire of bringing him supplies and things like that, almost caring for him, even though he didn't want his care. Right. He did. Morgan's not devoid of feelings and wanting to care for people. He wants to. It's just that every time he does, he loses them, and then he loses himself. Right, right. But think about it, though. He's ended other walkers. Mm-hmm. And he didn't bury all those other Building 51 walkers. No, no. So what what makes this guy special? You know, if you why? cared for him, like, I feel like you would bury him. That's part of the caring for him, yeah. I would think. Yeah, I guess so. But I think there there's something more to that. I guess I asked a rhetorical question. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Dave? What do you think? No, here's what I think. No, forget it, Carol. <laughs> Like no, this is what I'm saying here. No, I, I I have an inkling, but it's it's more of I think he identifies with him in a way. It's more of like true. No, that's a good point. Yeah, I, it's like I don't want to get have to get to this to future, get to this point. Yeah, right? like maybe there is a level lower mm-hmm. than where I'm at now. Yeah, like there is I haven't found the bottom yet. And maybe I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to end up like this guy. Yeah, isn't it funny? With the last couple episodes when we've been talking about Rick and Morgan and those scenes together, the one thing that 
we notice is that Morgan is like the ghost of Christmas future for Rick. Yes. Rick is noticing, oh, yeah, we did some bad things. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I think I need to stop. I need to get off this crazy train. And get off the crazy train, man. So when Morgan sees this guy, and you know, obviously you see the guy, he can't seem to not want to help people. That's fine. Mm-hmm. As much as he wants to stay away from them. But when he sees him right in front of his face, he just can't help it. But yeah. this particular guy wants to be left alone and he agrees with him. Like we're all alone. Right. But, but at the same time to be in such a state that you know, as you're alone, as you're sick, as you're not well. Yeah. To just not have anybody. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think that's the thing that Morgan has... It's not that he's taken it for granted, but at the beginning of the episode, he's by himself in the heaps. Yeah. And he mm-hmm. is... Even though he's not near the people he loves, mm-hmm. they're nearby. Yeah. Yeah. And even though he can't... He feels like he can't be around them, maybe for what he did to Henry in the season finale, afraid of what he might do to people he loves when he's around. Yeah. He yeah. Being, having lost himself right yeah he still needs people i think this establishes the path that morgan has to go on mm-hmm. I think even if he doesn't realize it at the moment mm-hmm. that, he, that he's burying this guy yeah. he's burying it for a reason that he may not even be aware of is that he's burying himself yeah his or, older the, of that version of himself yeah or that that possible future version that that mm-hmm. that darker deeper what could have what could be yeah that possible yeah. lower level yeah you know, yeah Sure. Why end up like this guy? Why no. end up with nobody? No, no. no so I, I think it's kind of the ultimate kindness. Actually, it's funny it's being brought up because Jews say that the <laughs> ultimate good deed that you can do is to just basically bury somebody, to, mm. to speak nicely of people who've passed. Mm-hmm. And so Morgan does the ultimate kindness, you know, because yeah. you don't get anything in return. No, exactly. That's true. And you know, when you take care of the dead, they're, they're, mm. they're dead. There's just yeah. nothing there. Right. So I think it's very touching. It is. I think so. I wholeheartedly agree with that statement. Yeah. So we're at that point near the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. And they're driving off after doing this good thing. It seems like JD is sticking with Althea because his car wouldn't start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Valid reason. Sure. Valid <laughs> Valid reason. Valid reason. And it looks like Morgan finally takes JD's candy. He doesn't eat it, but he takes it at the very end. He tastes it. Yeah, he takes it. It's baby steps. Yeah. But John basically says something that I thought was pretty interesting. And it it just gives you a little bit more about the character. And despite his outlandish look (laughs) and (laughs) his peculiar behavior and, and words... Yes. He does say something about finding Laura, finding Dory, finding Laura. Finding Dory. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. In respect to this thing, he's really determined to find her. And not only that, he says he will find her. And Mm -hmm. he says this in the the interview that he had with Althea. Now, he's in the car with Morgan, having just buried the lonely guy. Mm -hmm. And he just openly admits... It's not like I don't think that I'll never find her. Mm-hmm. I, I do I do know that. I, I, I'm under no illusions that it's possible that we won't find her. But mm-hmm. I can't but mm-hmm. I can't think about that. That's right. not the point. That's and, not the point, yeah. And, and Althea is the same way. I know there are no news stations, but this is just something that I do. Yeah. To to keep my head. Absolutely. I mean, like, look, you have to do what you have to do in order to maintain your sanity. Yeah. You know, and this under these sort of sort of circumstances. Yeah. He's like, hey, Morgan. doom and gloom can't yeah. be all doom and gloom all the time. Yeah. It can't always be about clearing people, Morgan. Can't always be about clearing people. Yeah. So what what was this episode called? What's your story? It should be episode one. Get a hobby. Get a hobby. <laughs> so get a life. Get a life, Morgan. God. <laughs> Talk about the nineties. Get 
a life. Get a life. Like, oh, duh. Yeah. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> but it's true. Pie in the sky goals, but at the same time, yeah, it, it just anchors them to this world. Yes. So... So strange as they are, they probably they're probably on the right path. You know, they they have the right idea. Mm-hmm. So one more thing, we're finally reaching the end of the episode. After that, and yes, we're noticing that there's a woman on the road, and they slowly creep up to cautiously to assess the situation because, as they'd mentioned earlier on, these parts they're all there's not a lot of people around here. It's yeah. Leland and her, and that was basically it for miles. Mm-hmm. And seeing this woman, they're, they're very cautious. They're like, what is going on? What, she's hurt, but there's nobody really around here to hurt her. So, okay, let's approach with caution. And as they near her, we find out that it's uh, Alicia from the show. Finally, we see a series regular. We're concerned. She's hurt. Like, oh, what happened? Uh, how long? How much time has passed? Like, obviously, there's a huge gap in time from when Fear the Walking Dead ended off last season. You know, mm-hmm. obviously, the entire series starts way before The Walking Dead. So we're in the present. Something must have happened between then and now. All this amount of time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So as they're trying to figure out what happened, oh, where she hurt. Morgan's bringing the first aid kit, so he's kind of back by the SWAT vehicle. And outcome Strand and Nick, her Alicia's brother, and Luciana, which is actually was Nick's girlfriend who had kind of disappeared from the show completely. And I'm not talking about at the end. I'm talking about several episodes before the end of last season. She leaves Nick at some point because basically they were supposed to run off together. Yes. Nick and Luciana. Mm -hmm. And at some point she leaves him because, oh, he wants to stay with his family. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I thought I was your family. Right. You know? So she leaves and it was like that for like half the season, last season or something, Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. to that effect. So to see Luciana now, you're kind of like thinking, oh, wow, there a lot of time must have passed between then and now for her to come back into the picture again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, and it is Nick, her, and Strand, and Alicia. And so our series regulars basically holds our now are like our favorite people hostage. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, our gang of misfits. Like, almost, uh-huh. like literally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And now you don't know, even know how to root for. Like, what is going on? Yeah. So you're left with a lot of burning questions. Lots of questions. And I, there's just so little to go on. You don't even know where to start. No. I could not even make a prediction. Obviously, things have happened to them. The Walking Dead season seven and eight kind of things. Yeah. <laughs> so... To break them down to this Mm -hmm. point where they have to ambush people. Like, what kind of people did they turn into? Why did they turn into these kinds of people? Yeah. Where's Madison? That's what a lot of people were saying. Where Mm -hmm. is Madison? Yeah. So Yeah. Lots of questions. There's such a huge gap. You really couldn't be able to guess. No, no, you couldn't guess. And I think that's intentional because... Yeah, I mean, it gives them a lot of creative liberty, basically, yeah. to say that this this, and this and this happened, unbeknownst to us. There, there doesn't have to be any sort of trajectory for that. Time has passed that pretty much everything is kind of plausible. <laughs> right. A tremendous amount of time. It's got to be at least a year, I have to say. Mm. I don't know if anybody's done any of the chronology between The Walking Dead and, and Fear the Walking Dead, but I, I, I would have to say that there have to be like s- at least several months between yeah. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Fear the Walking Dead, chronologically speaking, would be first. Mm-hmm. And I would say, like, by the time Rick wakes up, it's got to be a couple months later, at least. Right. At yeah. least, if not several. Mm-hmm. So, and then to have the seasons go so far, 
to have that original chronologically speaking series catch up to today mm -hmm. it's got to be at least a year or more mm -hmm. you know a gap between the end of Fear the Walking Dead season 3 and season 4 episode 1 and so the one thing that Scott Gimple says I think this is going to be a, a time jumping season and mm -hmm. they're going to have to yeah yeah and we will get to find out what happens or what has happened to our series mm -hmm. regulars but before we go we got some sneak peeks for you. Mm -hmm. It's seeming like at some point our regulars are at a settlement and you do see Madison, I think. Or do you actually? Oh, I need to take a look at that again. Yeah. All I know is that Luciana is there and she's radioing a bunch of people, including Nick. So some other people are there, some randos are pushing a car or a truck. And you see earlier on in another sneak peek that mm -hmm. they're in the truck trying to shield themselves from walkers on the outside. Mm -hmm. So I guess at some point they get out, but eventually they run out of gas or something. Mm. So they're pushing this truck back to their settlement and all of a sudden a bunch of tour buses and, and all that start pulling up behind them. And Luciana's just like, go, 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 don't just leave it. And mm. so they're just basically trying to hide out from whoever's chasing now. Are these the people that made our series regulars crazy or Who whatnot? Who they are right now? Are they holding something over them? Where's Madison? Who's Deanna? Who's Deanna? <laughs> God, I love that. There is another scene, though. At some point, I guess we jump back to the present. Alicia is basically asking Althea, and it looks like they still have our band of misfits, which I'll call them, mm -hmm. captive. And she asks Althea, like, what is the deal with the flags? So it looks like they don't know what it's about either. Hmm. So that's interesting, too. Like, you'd think they've been out here a long enough time to know, but I guess right. they don't. So I guess they weren't always in this region of Texas, or maybe they just arrived. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But, um, Lots of questions. And we do Lots see that building with 457. So, mm -hmm. And I guess what we do know is that we will see the Jenna Elfman character. Yes. Yes, we, yes, yes. Do you remember what her name is on the show? I don't. Me neither. But I know that she's... But she's, she's featured. Got some star power on this show. Yeah, right? <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. What is it about comedians, too? Like, when they make it on the show, is, like, is she going to be like the Josh McDermott character? Uh, you, you know what I mean? I don't think so. I don't get that impression. No, it seems like she's been through some horrors. Yeah. Yes. Her character bio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good <laughs> so for not, her. So not a Eugene. Okay. Not a Eugene. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna say no to that. Yeah, yeah. Nine. Nine. And then you do get a glimpse of what seem to be oily walkers. Like obviously yeah, they're in Texas. Right? Well, that's true. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. So mm, yeah, another, oil, another situation. <laughs> oil spill walkers. Okay. Light yes. them on fire. Burn them <laughs> yeah. up. Oh boy! Sorry, yeah, <laughs> but maybe maybe the crude oil is like a it's like a commodity, so it's kind of like oh, it's just like it's like burning money in the apocalypse. Maybe yeah, that's what they try to avoid that. Like if you just kill the walkers, you can get the oil for your car or something. You can refine yeah. it. Oh yeah, refine it. Oh, yeah, God. make some gasoline or something. Oh, I don't know how like chemicals work. Have you noticed that? No. <laughs> So, barring any observations, I, I just I don't know what else we can say about that. But I do like this episode. I I, I enjoyed. It's a good start. Yeah, it's 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 nice to see an episode that's so apart from the series, mm -hmm. and then now you have to reconcile that episode with the rest of the rest of the series, basically. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. 
I'm intrigued. Yeah, you're right. Also, the the series regulars characters, aside from maybe Strand as the con man, the rest of them do not have as much of a caricature kind of no. character. No, that was their thing, that they're like real people, or which like is addict. fine. You know, addict is not really yeah, a, not it's not really a superpower. Really. Not a superpower. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of, can you imagine? Oh my well, God. Well, it kind of was, okay, maybe I should take that back because I don't even think it's addict. Maybe the addict is kind of a byproduct. We're talking about Nick right now. Yes. yes. So Nick Clark, the brother of Alicia, the son of Madison. Madison. So I think his thing is flirting with danger. So he always, he does these drugs. He likes to feel good. He's in the moment. But you find out later on in the series, he the way he's able to replace the drugs is to just put himself in situations that are dangerous. He to get that same rush right he i don't know if you read the the bios and stuff but he does walk around with yeah. walkers yes you know, he yeah puts the blood on him he figured that shit out really quick yeah yeah he figured it out before um many of our uh characters on walking dead yeah figured that out they were putting guts on him it was like dude stop wasting time just put their blood on you mm-hmm. <laughs> you're good and he taught others to do it too, including Luciana. I was like, whoa, this guy's hardcore. Yeah. And again, you can't put a label on that kind of person, like Daredevil. I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Risk taker. He, he is kind of like Jesus, though, too, on The Walking Dead. He's not a fighter. Right. But it's something that I was saying in the other episode is that he'll put himself in situations that he has no, he doesn't have really have a way of getting out. He doesn't yeah. know he's going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. But I guess Jesus trusts himself enough and has enough training to be able to get out of close combat situations. Yeah. I don't know. Daredevils. All of them. Daredevil. Ninja daredevils. Yeah. There you so, have it. I think we've got enough for this episode. And there was only so much to say about it other than the fact that it's just a very enjoyable episode. And if you have not watched it, I'm assuming you watched it, mm-hmm. I would recommend just absorbing the heck out of it because yeah. just take a mental inventory because it feels like you need to kind of absorb this moment right now because it's going to get crazy and time jumping from here on in. Yeah, for and, sure. Yeah. With that, everybody, we'll see you tomorrow night. It was the best that we could do this week. <laughs> yeah. Cause Life's this, hard. Yeah. Life's hard. Play play rough. Wait, yeah. No, don't do, don't do that. That's, that's a bad thing. Yeah. In any case, we'll be back with you on episode two, uh, season four of Fear the Walking Dead. Enjoy it. See you next time.